Good morning, I'm Frank Kaufman. I'm the president of the Settlement Project. And I've put together a few thoughts this morning I've entitled Shared Social Virtues and Political Difference. As everyone knows, we're living in a time of severe and extreme uh, uh, bifurcation of political and cultural differences, especially I'll speak primarily from the point of view of American society where I'm located. Uh, we have we have become non-conversational in our capacity to learn from one another, and we've become more rigid in our political and cultural alliances, uh, less tolerant of people who differ from us. That's a tragedy, and I hope that changes. The, the simplest and broad-stroke divisions of the political and cultural divide are... Um, the liberal left and the conservative right. Um, both sides, the leaders and the believers in each community believe, uh, many of them uh, are sincere. Uh, they believe they're doing good. They are, uh, they're not deceptive and devious the way their opposite uh, opponents, political opponents, tend to see them. I think the propensity to see people with political difference from yours as uh, devious is uh, a failure to understand what drives and what motivates people in their uh, in their worldview, and so you come to the point where you you just simply can't understand how it's possible to believe a certain thing, and then you and then the next step is to re to believe that this is held cynically. It's not a true belief simply because we can't find any way to find that is true as a basis for political thought or behavior. So these two sides are sorely divided, which is tragic, and uh, uh, I, I pray to God that that ends somehow or another. Uh, there's a lot working against the cessation of these stark divisions because the nature of uh, communications has contributed to our inability to patiently listen and learn uh, things that are contrary to our own starting points and basic assumptions. But let's all pray together that uh, conversation can become possible again uh, among people of extreme difference and that we can all take on an ability to learn from one another. And uh, this, would, uh, this would greatly improve not only the, the taste of living in the world, but it would allow us to move constructively to uh, and to advance better together. So uh, so we have the liberal left, we have the conservative right, and, uh, and then we have these kind of universal aspirations of what life in a healthy society should be like. Some of these universal aspirations include such things as peace and equality. Uh, they include such things as uh, security and freedom. Uh, and this morning, I just want to concentrate solely on peace and security. Believers on both sides of the political spectrum and cultural spectrum and ideological spectrum, believers on both sides of, these, of this divide, uh, regard themselves as the ones who, uh, whose ways and whose ways of thinking and whose ways of acting and whose policies and legislation and who's kind of the way you would govern media and entertainment and the like, society in general, is, is 
has the greatest likelihood of resulting in uh, peace and equality for the greatest number. People on the conservative right believe that about themselves. People on the liberal left believe that about themselves. Um, and so uh, how is it then that people with opposite points of view about the nature of reality both share as ideals that we should strive toward as peace and equality and yet cannot see uh, uh consider themselves solely their path, solely the one that can yield these beautiful qualities to human life and the others as destructive of them. Where does the division start? Also, once the division starts, then becomes the manipulation of the tools of power and ascendancy. And that's, that's really where you start to get into trouble. Uh, so... What's, it's, what has become recognized is in common parlance in the modern age is controlling the narrative. So in order to have the greatest number of people believe that your side, namely me, the liberal, or me, the conservative, to believe that I am the one or, or my ideology is the one that will lead to the virtues that everybody wants, uh, then there's the political and cultural activity, social activity is to, quote-unquote, to control the narrative. Controlling the narrative involves the manipulation of information. Uh, that can include censoring and, and blocking information. It can include controlling communications, allowing who may speak to who. Uh, it, can, can, it can include shading information so that, th so that things that are technically factual can be assembled in such a way as to create an impression different than what the facts recommend. Uh, and so basically, the, the myriad ways and multiple ways of manipulating information is, is the path to power. And power meaning that the greatest number of people believe that my way is the one that will lead to, in this particular case, peace and equality, and that they will surrender themselves to me. They'll give me their money, they'll give me their obeisance, they'll vote for me, they'll uh, keep me in power, they'll, uh, they'll make sure that I have the greatest possible opportunity to carry out my designs because they believe I'm the one who's going to provide peace and equality. As I said, there's other social virtues, but I'm only talking about two in this case, peace and equality. Security is an important one. Freedom is an important one. But in this particular podcast, I'm talking merely about peace and security, peace and, uh, peace and equality. So how is it then that you can have two points of view and two political ideologies that are so extremely different from one another that adherents and believers on either side cannot even look at one another? cannot are willing to are willing to close the door on their own flesh and blood their own family members their own mother and father or their own children and they will not speak to them they will not allow them in the house they will not sit at the same table with them and these are both people who of course believe that every american deserves to live in peace every american deserves to be treated equally and you have political difference on how that's achieved that is so extreme that people who should be intimately in support with one, uh, for one another uh, won't, even, won't even give each other the time of day, won't, won't even pick up the phone, or will hang up if it hears the voice of your own mom. And that's, that's the, 
the power. And that's the tragedy of the political divide in the U.S. and probably in lots of places in the world today. So uh, where does this start? Where does this difference start? That we want the same thing and that and that people come to believe that this is the way to do it or that is the way to do it. And they come to believe it to such extreme degrees that they're not even capable of acting in a minimally civilized, minimally human way. They're online, uh, on, uh, on communications platforms, insulting strangers, uh, using, using horrific language. They take the stage uh, among their millionaire friends and threaten, threaten the death of, of the president of their own country. These types of, uh, these types of degeneration uh, has become extreme. Uh, and so what I want to look at is what is the genesis? Where does the divide begin? And what I want to recommend, and the key point of this short podcast, is that it begins with the, with the assumption of the nature of what it means to be human, the human experience or, or the human being. And secondly, it begins with an assumption about uh, religious, the institutional religion or, or um, traditional religion or religious authority. I think these two, these are the two points that begin the diversion which results in the extreme political divide we're living through today. And here's how I think that works. On the liberal side, the, the, view, the view is that human beings are bad. Uh, we, we have bad in, in us. We have greed, we have avarice, we have lust, we have, we have all the things which will harm others, all the things which will result in inequality and will result in war and conflict as opposed to peace and, uh, peace and equality. So conservatives believe human beings are bad, but here's the difference. Believe human beings can change believe human beings are improvable, believe human beings have the capacity for self-control, that will allow us to uh, modify and constrain these evil impulses, these things which ultimately result in denial of, denial of peace and denial of equality to others. Conservative people believe that religious practice and conformity and benefit inherited from embracing the, in, the, the age-old insights represented by religious authority are going to provide me with the capacity to constrain those demonic and horrific elements of my character, my greed, my avarice, my lust, uh, all those things which will ultimately make me comfortable with pursuing paths of inequality, that I will just get rich at the expense of disadvantaged people, that I will expand my territory at the expense of people who look different than me. So, so you, have a, you have a view of the human being that essentially understands that to be human, it's possible to change and it's possible to constrain oneself in a community that is designed specifically to address these shortcomings namely a community of faith, a community that organizes itself around a religious practice, a religious tradition, a religious authority, which would include uh, clergy people, which would include scripture and things like that. 
I believe that on the liberal side, the experience of liberals is essentially that those institutions which conservatives believe can help me constrain my evil do, are insufficient to do so. That Christians, that Christians have in no way shown themselves to be in any way modified in the arenas of greed, of avarice, of lust, and so on and so forth. So they fundamentally reject that traditional institutional religious practices and communities have the capacity to modify those evils in uh, human beings. And so people left to their own devices will be the enemy of peace and the enemy of equality. They will, they will kill people. They will kneel, kneel on a person's neck because they, ha they have a slightly different pigment than them. They, we, we're just evil. We're just, we're just uncontrolled. Nothing can stop us. All this religious hocus-pocus, all the scripture, all these priests, uh, it's, all, it's all just uh, a lot of pie in the sky and nobody's made anything better by it. And, and there has to be some other way to stop people from being as evil as we all see we all are. The liberal believes that the individual can't be trusted to control themselves, to constrain themselves, to improve themselves, that their time with the Bible and their time on their knees and their time in prayer is not doing any good for anybody, and they are only going to guaranteed kind of dislike women or dislike short people or dislike Puerto Ricans, or surely they will find somebody that they can't they have no capacity to rise above and love in an equal way. So the fact that every single human being is guaranteed to be up to all sorts of evil and, and, the, and the, uh, the capacity to identify evil gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And so that now we have, now, now you can be a full-blown criminal uh, for something that's called micro, a microaggression. A microaggression can can be a perfectly plausible uh, explanation for why this person murdered him. He, he, this guy got murdered. In a certain way, it's his own fault because he was a never-ending stream of microaggressions. So, so the capacity to identify evil in others has now reached a level where micro is good enough to be a sufficient problem. All right, so given the assumption and understanding that no amount of religion and no amount of authority and no amount of Bibles and no amount of Bhagavad Gita's and no amount of Qur'ans is going to do anything to make anybody in the in this mildest way capable of constraining themselves, growing more loving, more caring, more forgiving, more embracing, broader and better in their way, then, then people have to be controlled by some other manner. And the way they have to be controlled is by social policy and by uh, cultural force. So, for example, if you accidentally had the thought that, uh, that a woman shouldn't cut her hair too short or you accidentally said that the weather girl looked better with long hair, you could, you're fired, your, your career's ended, you'll never work in this town again because uh, of some... Uh, or whatever, you know, whatever, that there needs to be external control over people. There, people will, nothing can help people. Nothing can improve people. There needs to be external control over, there needs to be laws. There needs to be uh, uh, policies. Uh, and so you can, there's laws of the land, but there's also laws uh, for, for, in Harvard, for hiring. There's laws in Harvard 
for how professors must behave in the classroom. There's laws in Hollywood for what's permitted on the set. There's laws, there's laws in, in campuses for how one is allowed to behave, how one is allowed to approach a young lady if they hope to take them out on a date or something like that. So laws are not only, uh, they're enforced in all sorts of ways. There's laws of the land that's enforced uh, by police. But whatever the, wherever, however small or however large the organization or institution is that's going to be providing the laws, what's needed is laws. What's needed is laws. And these laws need to be enforced by somebody and they need to be enforced by the state they need to be enforced by. Uh, there's laws about who you're allowed to appoint to your cabinet. There's laws about the number of, of people of different shades of skin that you're allowed to appoint to your cabinet if you're, if you're claiming to be a part of, of, this, uh, of this corrective force. And so, so essentially, essentially the dividing line. And so overly generalistically speaking, it's basically, basically, the dividing line is the view of whether or not human beings can improve and whether or not religious practice is a path that allows us to improve. And so if we're looking for a society that's characterized by peace and equality, you're basically looking for a society that con in which the effort to control that, that part of myself, my evil part, is going to be controlled by the state and by my employer and by uh, the uh, anchor at CNN uh, and the uh, or is or is it going to be controlled by my efforts in a community that shares a scriptural ideal that condemns greed that condemns lust that condemns avarice and together in community and in humility and in beseeching the support of the infinite divine, that, that I will be able to become a person who increasingly becomes capable of treating all people equally and lovingly and, and living peacefully with people with whom I disagree. So it's either the belief that a community, a, relig a religious community with religious practice and authority, scripture and tradition is going to make me capable of providing environments of peace and equality for others, or am I, or is nothing works on me? The only thing that works is a law that if I have a bad thought, I'll get fired, that if I have a bad action, I'll be imprisoned or shot or whatever the, whatever the state is going to decide to do with people who don't comply. So, uh, so that's, I just want to introduce that as kind of. An, an origin an origin point dividing line uh, in which we can begin to understand the key directions and impulses and not get lost in the weeds not not kind of decide whether or not a uh, a, a relief package that is seven hundred dollars or six hundred dollars is more or better and am I a liberal or am I conservative or what do I believe is better or how long unemployment should be should it be 50 weeks should it be 26 weeks one can be forever lost in trying to decide about discrete uh, policies and directions and, and philosophies, but I'm trying to introduce a beginning thought here. Can religious communities be sufficient to help people get better and create an ever better society, or 
Must people be controlled by the threat of force and power over them? Will there be, will there be someone in charge of simply breaking, imprisoning, killing, destroying anyone who violates uh, some definition of, of the authority's view on what constitutes peace and what constitutes equality? All right, I hope this has been helpful. And I'll leave it at that for now. Thanks very much for listening.